Let's bow our heads for prayer. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, as we come before you on this Good Shepherd Sunday, we are mindful of, of the words spoken, all we like sheep have gone astray. each seeking after or following his own way. That's what happens without a shepherd. And so we thank you for, for Jesus, our good shepherd. And we thank you that he laid down his life for us as we worship this day and as we live our lives each day. Help us to be mindful of, of your love for us in Christ Jesus. And may we be empowered by, by that love to serve you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It is the love of God that drives everything. The love of God for his creation and the love of God for us. It is because of his immeasurable, eternal, boundless love that he sent his one and only son into our world to suffer on a cross for us. On this Good Shepherd Sunday, we heard earlier in our worship in that responsive reading, the 23rd Psalm, probably the most familiar and beloved psalm. I'm sure that many of you even know it by heart. It's a psalm that we hear most often at times of death, as death approaches, or even at funeral and memorial services. We associate it that way because of the latter part of that psalm, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And the latter part of the psalm about dining in the presence of our enemies. And yet there is so much more to this psalm because it is, in a way, a wonderful expression of how God unfolds his love for us and what he calls us to do and to be as his sheep. And in some ways you might say that it even 
sometimes indicts us for behavior that's wrong. Hear the words again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. All of our needs are fulfilled by our Savior. They're taken care of by our good shepherd. And so often we go, well, wait a minute, I, I, I don't know about that, Pastor, because I really need that, that Nissan 360. Or that big McMansion on the river. Or whatever material thing we chase after in this world. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, I won't have any needs. Refers not so much to those worldly things or to those possessions that sometimes we covet with our hearts, but rather it means that in the arms of the shepherd, our eternity is certain. Because the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. He leads us to the green pastures of God's word. Because we know that the grass of this world wither and the flowers of this world fade. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And he leads us to the quiet waters. To the waters of baptism that renew and refresh and restore. And he does it all for his name's sake. For his name's sake. And that brings us to our first reading today from the book of Acts. Where we find Peter and James and John. And they are preaching to the people in the temple courts. And sharing the good news. Now, in order to understand the text for today, we need to go back to chapter 3 because you see what happens is that they're going up to the temple and there's a gate into the temple courts called the beautiful gate. And there's a man there, a man who has been lame from birth. And he's begging. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them to give him alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And the man fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have, I give to you. 
in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him in amazement at what happened to him. What a miracle. That a man born lame all of a sudden is healed. And not only is he healed with his muscles and his ankles and his feet, but he also has the innate ability now in him to walk. He doesn't have to learn like the toddler does. He walks. And the people are amazed. And they begin to speak to the people and they share the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And they're doing this in the temple courts. Understand that the temple area is huge. It's about 46 acres. Huge. Tens of thousands of people are in that area every day. And many of them begin to hear this teaching and they gather around. And as they were speaking, our text today says that they are arrested. The chief priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them greatly annoyed. Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day. Or it was already evening. I love the way that's phrased. Greatly annoyed. Let me ask you this. Is the world annoyed today when we share the good news of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Does that mean that we stop? Well, apparently, you know, Peter and, and James and John have to stop because they're hauled off, they're arrested. I can see in their minds that the vision is probably running through their heads that it goes, oh no, we're going to be the next ones to be crucified. Because we annoyed them. But their annoying had results. Their preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ had an impact because we see, but many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. I wish I could preach that well. 5,000 men? They're not even counting the women and the children present there in the temple area. Why do they believe? Perhaps it's because they've seen the man healed. After all, many of them have walked 
before him and around him and, and seen him every day for years. And they're wondering, how is this man who was lame now walking? It, it might have made more sense if Jesus himself had been there and done the miracle. But it was Peter. And the fact that it was Peter, I believe, gives his words even more weight and more power and authority. After spending a night in jail, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander. They're all members of the high priest's family. And when they had set the apostles in their midst... They inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Now, put yourself in their shoes, or maybe better said, in their sandals. They have a choice. They can either confess their faith in Jesus Christ and perhaps suffer death, or they can make something up and perhaps go free. What would you do? What do we do? When we find ourselves in a challenging situation, perhaps an uncomfortable situation where, where we are, 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 are to share our faith and we, to use the popular expression, chicken out. Because we're afraid. We chicken out because we're, we're not sure what people think of us. Satan grabs our hearts and our minds and tells us, you know, faith is a private thing. You should keep it to yourself, or at least in the four walls of the church. But what do they do? Do you remember the scriptures that say... When we are the lack of words, and we don't know what to say, that the Holy Spirit will put the words in our mouths and give us the words to say. That's exactly what happens here. It says, but Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, and whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you. What does Peter do by the prompting of the Holy Spirit? He lays it all out there. Not only does he say, well, we healed him in the name of Jesus, he indicts them for crucifying him. 
what would we expect to happen? But for them to become filled with wrath and scorn and somehow to exact their retribution. But Peter keeps going. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. And he has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And with those words, he yanks the proverbial rug out from underneath their feet and undoes the entire system of religion that they have set up over the years. You're not saved by your rituals or your sacrifices. You're not saved by your observances of the law or doing everything right. You are saved by the name of Jesus. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We walk through the valley of the shadow of death every day in this world. And the evil around is an evil that wants to destroy the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. The evil around wants to stamp out the truth of God and his word. They don't want people to know that God so loved the world. And we face that evil each and every day and yet we need not be afraid and we need not fear it. For when we walk in this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, he is with us. His rod and his staff, they bring comfort and strength to us. So all too often we Christians are timid and afraid afraid to speak up, afraid of what might happen to us. And yet we are called, like James and, and John and Peter, to be bold in our witness and in our testimony. Beyond our lesson today, the text continues, Now when the elders and the chief priests saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were uneducated common men and they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus but seeing the man who was healed standing beside them they had nothing to say in opposition don't be afraid to share your faith. Don't be afraid that you are, in the words of Scripture here, uneducated and common. 
For God can work through each and every one of us to impact this world when we share the love of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he brings to us through a cross upon which he died. The end result of their appearance before these men, they couldn't do anything. They let them go because they were afraid of the people who had heard the good news and who had seen this man be healed. The boldness of their faith set them free. The boldness of their faith in, in the face of, of evil and danger carried them through. Right through that valley of the shadow of death, Christ was with them. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. We live in the presence of our enemies each and every day, and yet the cup of God's grace and mercy, the cup of his love overflows in our lives. And we drink from that cup. And we share in the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And where you're empowered and strengthened in this world to share, to lift high the name of Jesus. Why? Because it's through him that we know the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.